I invite you to remain standing. Our scripture reading comes from Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated. Here with you all this morning. Uh, I want to begin by thanking once again the Chancel Choir members for the cantata last Sunday. Thank you. Um, what a great Sunday. I know they worked hard. I had the, the pleasure, I guess, or what well, was the pleasure of getting to listen to it twice because we had to be here on Wednesday to help practice narrating. Uh, it was just a great musical day. Um, I love the way the music of the Christmas season helps us to, to get into the mood and to prepare our hearts and to get us connected to the Christmas story. And so I just want to thank them for that. And uh, this morning is the final Sunday of Advent. It's the fourth Sunday, and so this year's kind of weird because we go a full week now uh, after having or observed the fourth Sunday of Advent to where uh, next Sunday is Christmas Day. It can't get any further. It also cannot get any shorter, or it can get a whole lot shorter. It could be tomorrow. So um, it's, I think it's okay. But uh, the past three weeks, we've lit different candles. We've paused to remember uh, the different ways that we've been thinking and looking at how Jesus is at the heart of Christmas. And so observing this season is a great way for us to stay connected with the heart of what it means to be a Christian and of what it means for us to celebrate and observe Christmas together. And so we do this even as all of these other things are happening. All of these other things that demand of our time, whether it's shopping or decorating, whether it's the end of the school year and the things that are happening with the end of the semester, uh, whether it's uh, starting to look ahead because this comes at the same time as, as we're starting to prepare for 2023 and for the things that happen in January. But today we're pausing and we're spending some time to just think about and to look at how the love of God is at the heart of Christmas as God has given us His Son in Jesus. So today I thought what we would do, since the next time we're going to be gathering together will be Christmas Eve, is I found a, a kind of a helpful um, list that I thought was kind of humorous that I thought we could share, and it ties into the sermon, uh, that you can share or you can say when you receive a gift that you're not really excited about. 
Um, so here you go. It's kind of like a top 10 list, but actually on the list I found there were eight, but one of them really wasn't that good, so I just cut it out. So number seven, if you get a gift you don't really want, you just say, well, well, this is quite a gift. Or number six, no, really, I forgot what this is called, but I've always wanted one. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to find a special place to put this. Usually that's when I hear, that's going to your office. Um, I should have brought that huge beetle. My mom showed, uh, this is totally, America, this is totally not in the script. Okay, um, for my birthday, was it like August maybe? My parents showed up, my mom was like, hey, I got you something really cool for your birthday. And I'm like, what? All right. And so she pulls out this bag and it's a wooden box that's about the size of, I don't know, it's, it's like probably this big so pretty big box and it's glass and it's a wooden frame and in it is a beetle a scarab beetle a rhinoceros beetle from peru that's this big <laughs> and so i was like oh cool i mean because i did entomology and stuff in college and high school and i mean i've done bugs so it's all right but um so then mindy walks in she's like where in the world did you get that and uh so maybe I'll be bringing it in for a children's time in, in the near future because it'll be a good children's time. Um, but, you know, it's sometimes a gift that you just don't expect. Um, so number four is, boy, you don't see craftsmanship like this every day. Number three, what a great color. How did you know I would like this color? Uh, number two, you say it was the last one. I sure am glad you snapped it up. And then number one is you shouldn't have. No, you really shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about a gift that we really don't have to re rehearse our response for because it's a gift that is the greatest gift that you and I can ever receive. It's the greatest gift that you and I can ever comprehend. And really, if you think about it, it's the greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of all mankind. Because it's the gift of Jesus where God has chosen to give of himself, where God has chosen as part of, of who he was and of how he's chosen to relate to us to come and walk among us as the incarnation or the very person, the very word of God who has come to be with us. And so in Jesus, as we talk about him and as we think about him in the season of Advent, we remember that in him we have received the eternal and everlasting forgiveness that God has offered us that was not achievable, it was not obtainable, it was not something that could be given or received through the sacrificial system that was practiced in the temple in Jerusalem, but in Jesus we receive a forgiveness and a life and a relationship that is everlasting. Because in Him we receive uh, the fulfillment of what we read in the Old Testament and of the ways that we see that God chose to be faithful. In Jesus we see how God chooses to be faithful to us, but we also see how we are invited to be faithful to God in a different way and in a new way. See, it's the greatest gift we can ever receive. It's the gift of Christ and the gift of grace that he has offered you and the gift of forgiveness that he has received through his sacrifice on the cross and through the gift of resurrection that you and I have and will receive because we have chosen to believe in him. Friends, it's a gift that your, relate, your extended relationship with your creator that, that can match no other. And so what we are as Christians is we're practicing of how we are able to live into this gift. 
of how we're able to live into it in our Christian walk, of how we're able to live into it in terms of our relationship with our Creator, of how we are able to live into it in the way that we choose to pursue the life that God wants for each of us, and the way that we choose to receive the relationship that God gives us, and then also to return that relationship back to God as well. That's all I want to invite you a minute to, to take a moment. Just think about the best gift that you've ever received. Maybe it was a gift that came at the very perfect time. Maybe it was something that you didn't expect. It doesn't have to be a Christmas gift. But in any case, it was something that, that you received because it came, and it was the right time, it was the right gift, and it came right when you needed it. It was like the giver really knew what you needed in your heart. See, that's the gift of Jesus. And if you go and if you look in the New Testament, Paul writes about this gift. When he writes about the timing of Christmas, the timing of God coming as the incarnation, as the person of Jesus into this world to be in relationship with us, Paul writes that it was perfect. And so if you look in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Paul writes, but when the, time, the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So you hear what Paul's saying? Well, he's saying when the set time had fully come. He's saying that there is no accident to God sending Jesus when He did. He's saying there is no coincidence in the way that God sent His Son, and in the way that Jesus lived, and in the way that Jesus died, and in the way that Jesus was born, and in everything else. Because He is saying it came in the perfect time, not so that just God could come, but so that you and I could be adopted as children of God. Friends, that's the gift. That this adoption of involving us, of, of bringing us into God's family as His very children was part of God's plan from the very beginning. I mean, from Genesis 3, right? That's Adam and Eve, that's the garden, that's from the beginning God having this plan to restore relationship with His, cre with his, with his creation, with God choosing to rescue everything that he has made. And, and so God had this plan, and so Paul's saying in Galatians 4, he's saying this is God's perfect plan, and this is how God chose to do it. This is how God chose to redeem you. This is how God chose to forgive you. This is how God chose to pursue a relationship with you. Because if there's anything we can receive out of the Bible, both old and new, is that it's a story of God's faithfulness. As we read God's Word in it, and as we see that it was God's intent to never abandon us, but to always bring us into a renewed relationship with Him. And so Paul writes to the Galatian church, he's telling them, you know, that God sent His Son in Jesus that in Jesus the fullness of time had come, that this was the right time for the history of, of, of man and, and humanity and God's relationship with His creation. This was the perfect time for the Word that was made flesh to come dwell among us so that you and I might be restored. 
so that Jesus would come, he would meet us exactly where we are at, where he would come in order to experience the temptations that we experience, that he would come to face what we all faced, but that he would come and he would do it perfectly without sin in order that you and I might be fully redeemed so that whenever we fail, Christ has already redeemed us. God has already offered us forgiveness. God has already extended us relationship. And if you look further into Galatians 4, the the full expression of God's love as we read it today is not just that Christ died for us, but it's that God has adopted you. That God has made you part of His family. That God has claimed you as His child. Meaning you are His son, you are His daughter. You are the one that he has claimed and made part of his family because he loves you. You notice that Paul didn't put anything else in that sentence? You are the one he has claimed because he has made you part of his family because he loves you. There's nothing else. There's no other reason than that, that you're adopted into the very family of God because God loves you. And this isn't a vague God where where we say that this real general phrase, oh, well, God loves all of us. What this is, is this is a specific phrase where it says that God loves you specifically. Where it's a love that, that you can know, where it's a love where you can be assured, where it's a love that God loves every part of you, your good, your bad, your strengths, your weaknesses. And you can know His love, and you can know that not only does He love you, but He desires for you to leave those things behind that keep you from truly worshiping Him. To leave those things behind that keep you from fully accepting His love. To leave those things behind that keep you from fully living into the fact that He's adopted you into His family. As a follower of Jesus, God has made you a part of His family. As a follower of Jesus, God has given you His love. And that's what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church when we read just a few minutes ago in Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul continues on this theme of adoption where he says that in love, God has has predestined you. This doesn't mean that that you're pre-selected into being a follower of God or of Jesus, okay? I know there's, there's Christians that believe that God has predestined us, but what it means for us is that God has already chosen you, and God has already given you an opportunity to receive His grace and to respond. And so when Paul's writing that, what Paul is saying to us is that God's already given you an opportunity in Jesus, as He has for all people, to receive the adoption of being His child in Christ. In accordance with His pleasure and His will, to the praise of His grace, which He freely gives to each of us. Paul is writing us these words, and what he is saying is that God has given you the chance. God has given you the choice. God has made you a part of His family as you repent of your sin as you turn from the things that lead you away from Him, and as you receive the gift that He has given you in the person of Jesus Christ. 
Because we're all made blameless in the sight of God. Not by the work that we do, not by the things that we do, not by the uh, good that we do for other people, but we're made blameless by the forgiveness that we receive and by the ways that we release those things and give them to God and to receive the grace that He has given us. We're forgiven and our sins are washed away, not because of the work that we do, but simply because God loves us. And we can choose to receive this Christmas the hope and salvation. We can choose to walk with Jesus. And we can choose to accept that God has brought us into His family. Where you are His son, where you are His daughter, where He knows you by name. Because He's brought you into the very family of Himself. Friends, love has to be at the heart of Christmas. And Christ has to be at the heart of Christmas. Because if we miss the message of love, then we miss the message that calls us to repentance, to relationship, and to redemption. When we make love the center of Christmas, when we recognize it in our lives, then our natural response is to have that love flow out of our lives into the lives of others. To receive the gift of Christ and to accept the gift that God has given us as He adopts us and as He makes us fully a part of His family as His sons and as His daughters who He loves. Amen.